Friends, if you would turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, and uh, that's uh, found on page 1240, 1240, Ezekiel is kind of a hard book to find, it's uh, past the Psalms and such, but 1240 is the page number, Ezekiel 37, familiar passage, I'm sure, to many of you, probably most familiarized by a song that goes with it, Dem Bones, right? The... Um, interesting hit, Dem Bones, but um, we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 14 of Ezekiel 37, the valley of the dry bones. The hand of the Lord was on me, that's Ezekiel, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> oh, beloved in Christ, I'll never forget it. I had never heard an actual bone break. Didn't know it made a noise, just like a loud snap until I accidentally broke my son's tibia when he was in first grade, his shin bone. I'll never forget it. We were outside taking off running, and his leg got in the way of my foot. And in one quick second, snap, and then the screaming happened. I'll never forget it. There, there's, there's not much you can do when you have a broken bone. He couldn't get up. 
He couldn't stand. He couldn't walk. I'll never forget it, scooping him up and gingerly placing him in the car, heading to the ER, telling them the story of what happened, being looked at skeptically by the doctors until Grant verified the story with much detail. Grant getting a cast, and for a week or so, him not being able to do a thing. We had to carry him everywhere. I'll never forget it. For a few weeks, that broken bone was seemingly worthless, useless, lifeless, dried out, dead. I'll never forget it. Well, beloved, that's the picture of the people of Israel in this prophecy. They are like a bunch of worthless, useless, lifeless dried out, dead bones. It's a time in their national life that they'd like to forget. But before we go any further, let's locate God's people and Israel, or Ezekiel, their prophet in history. Ezekiel is a prophet to the southern half of the divided kingdom of Israel at the time, Judah. He had been kicked out of Judah early in 597 B.C., then got God's call for him to be a prophet while he was exiled in Babylon. So while in Babylon, Ezekiel is telling his fellow Jews there that they're not going to go back home to Israel anytime soon because their beloved Jerusalem, their powerhouse capital, is going to fall. The judgment of God against them is on the way because of all the idolatry, wickedness, and disobedience. Theirs their idolatry. Babylon's king, Nebuchadnezzar, will be God's tool to bring about that judgment. Ten years later, the prophecy came true. Jerusalem, Judah, God's people are totally conquered, exiled to Babylon, the rest of them. God's people are worthless, useless, lifeless, like a bunch of dried out dead bones. And in fact, Ezekiel himself becomes a prophecy against God's people. In chapter 24, God informs, that, informs him that Jerusalem is under siege, its days are numbered, and then he finds out from the Lord that his wife also, the delight of his eyes, is going to die, and he is not to openly weep for her. The delight of his eyes, because the people also are in the same way, are not to weep for Jerusalem, the delight of their eyes. And when they see all this happen, Ezekiel's wife die, Jerusalem fall by the sword, finally then they will know God is the Lord. That's 24 chapters in a nutshell. Well, then the book transitions into a series of judgments against the foreign nations, against Israel's enemies. And then in chapter 33, we learn a little bit about what life is like for the people in exile. God says to Ezekiel, they're saying, our offenses and sins weigh us down and we're wasting away because of them. How then can we live? And God says the people need to turn from their wickedness, from their evil ways. In other words, the people are in exile because of their wickedness. They need to turn back to the Lord. And now finally we get to our chapter 37 message. We meet up with these bones, worthless, useless, lifeless, dried up, dead bones in this valley of the shadow of death, death valley. We follow Ezekiel there. The hand of the Lord was on Ezekiel. He brought Ezekiel by the spirit of the Lord to this valley full of bones. He led Ezekiel back and forth among these bones. The Lord is showing death valley to him. I'm sure he never forgot it. 
But what happens there? I want to suggest to you that what is happening there is a little like what happens when you break a bone. For it to grow properly again, you need a doctor, sometimes a surgeon, to set the bone in place. That's what happened with my son. He had a closed leg surgery, they call it, to set his tibia in its proper place. It wasn't set right when he came home initially from the emergency room. It was off to one side, and the bone wasn't matching up very well. So Dr. Anderson did surgery, puts a cast on it, gets a quick x-ray, checks it. Is it in place? Is it straight? No? Oh, cut off the cast, move the leg some more to where he thinks it's supposed to be, cast it again real fast, stuff, take the x-ray, check it. Is it in the right place? No. Repeat the process till the x-ray shows it's nice and straight. Grant is, of course, under anesthesia during this whole process. And when you break a bone, worthless, useless, lifeless, dried out, dead bone, you need a doctor to set it in place to make it so that it will live again, in a sense. That's what we have here. Ezekiel is shown a dry valley with a bunch of dried out dead bones, and these bones need someone. They need a physician. Set them up, set them in place, so there is a great physician in this story, and his assistant right now is Ezekiel. And the Spirit of the Lord is leading Ezekiel all around the valley like a physician previewing his operation, checking the x-rays, reading about the surgery one last time, checking the placement of the bones, looking over the operating room, checking it all out, and suddenly the surgeon bellows out, Son of man, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Like the chief of surgery tersely asking the latest batch of green medical students, can we fix this lake? And the medical students, they know how they need to answer that question. Yes, chief of surgery, sir, we can if you do the surgery. And for Ezekiel, he says, oh, sovereign Lord, it's up to you. You're the only one I know who can fix this problem. Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. That's the pre-op. And then the chief surgeon, the great physician, begins. Ezekiel, my fine physician's assistant, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I'll make breath into you. You'll come to life. I'll attach tendons, make flesh appear, cover you with skin, put breath in you. Then you will know that I am the Lord and the work begins. And doctor's orders are followed by Ezekiel. His, he prophesies, and, and while he's speaking the very words of the Lord, there's that rattle, not the dreaded death rattle of a dying person. No, this is a life rattle. Something is coming to life. Someone is coming to life. Bone upon bone come together, tendons, flesh, skin, a full body in this valley where there was just a valley of scattered, worthless, useless, lifeless, dried-out, dead bones before. There's a body coming to life. In Death Valley. That's part one of the surgery. Part two comes immediately. 
The great physician gives his next order to his PA. Prophesy, Ezekiel, prophesy, son of man, say to the breath. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe into these slain, these dead, that they may live. And Ezekiel says it, following the physician's orders obediently. And as the words are spoken, the breath of life entered these once bony bodies and in a moment there standing before Ezekiel was a vast army come to life a slain worthless useless lifeless dried up dead army that now lived an army of living breathing human beings and there was life in death valley not just dried out bones not just breathless bodies a living breathing army of people a vast vivified army there is life in Death Valley. Then post-op, we have the explanation of what this prophecy is about, what this spectacle is that Ezekiel saw in this strange, mysterious valley he was in. It's like when Jesus would tell a parable, then later privately tell his disciples what the parable meant. We find out these bones, they, well, they symbolize Israel, God's worthless, useless, hopeless lifeless, dried-up, dead people. They are cut off from the promised land in exile, no hope of getting back anytime soon. They're all washed up, dried up, dead, can't even cry tears. They're a hopeless case. How did they say it in chapter 33? The people are saying, our offenses and our sins weigh us down, and we're wasting away because of them. How then can we live here in chapter 37, their words become reality. They're weighed down permanently into just a pile of bones, dried up, wasting away. How can we live? And the Lord brings that question right back to them. Son of man, can these bones live? And by now the answer's obvious. No, they can't, Lord. On their own, <laughs> they can't live at all. They're dried out, dead. It's hopeless. But just like in that valley, the Lord, the great physician, begins his work. Tell the people back in exile, tell them that this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I'm going to open up your graves and bring you up from them, bring you back to the land of Israel. The great physician will tear them from their graves, from the dead, and bring them home. And he won't just raise them up. He will put his spirit into them, and they will live. What could that mean? Somehow these dead, lifeless, dried-out bones are once again going to be in a relationship with their Lord God. Listen to what the passage says. You, my people, will know then that I am the Lord. You will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it. Beloved, the people will know. They will once again know the Lord. They will have life in his name without him they're dead. With him, they're alive and they're going home. Can these bones live? Only the Lord God can make it so. The dry bones tell the story of Israel, don't they? Of Israel's current situation and of what will be Israel's near-term future. As they, in short order, make their way back 
to the promised land. God gives them that life again. The great physician begins and completes his work when Israel comes home just a few decades later. The worthless, useless, hopeless, lifeless, dried out, dead bones tell Israel their story. But don't the bones also tell us our story? Because of sin, we too are lifeless, cut off, we're hopeless in our sin, we're dry and dead in sin. And the physician pulls up his sleeves and begins his work with sin paid for at the cross. Listen to this description from Psalm 22, the psalm Jesus uttered from the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Listen to verse 17. I can count all my bones. And there was Jesus, his bones showing through his skin as he hung on the cross and was set in the grave. But then the great physician calls Christ's dead bones from the grave, exalts him to the highest place, pours out his spirit upon whom? The church. The new community, the new Israel, the new valley of dried out dead bones. But now they are alive. He calls us all from the grave, from being dead in our sin, and he breathes his new life into our dead hearts through the Holy Spirit. Who has done this? Jesus has. God has taken dried out dead people, you and I, and given life in Jesus, given us life, the new community of faith. God does this again and again. He doesn't save us from our sins at the cross over and over again, for once we are saved, always saved. But he does keep breathing new life into us. I'm sure there are times when we feel like we're in that valley of dry bones ourselves. We're stuck dried up in some sin or we're dry in our spiritual lives. We feel like we're not walking with Jesus. We open the Bible. He seems so far away. We feel dead inside. Perhaps we are dealing with some sin in our lives that makes us feel so dry and dead inside. We need forgiveness. Or perhaps, as we all know, these last years haven't been kind to the church at large. Closures, masks, infighting. The church feels dry as death sometimes. Or perhaps 2022 itself was a particularly deadly year for some of us as we lost loved ones and as grief, uh, as dry as death, a grief as dry as death covered us. Or expecting the, the hope that comes with a new year, 2023, it will be better. And just a couple weeks in, the fertile new year already tastes for us dry as death itself, bitterness, grief, 
circumstances with no hope have bled us dry to the very marrow of our bones, and the year is only brand new. How can that be? We're already dry, exhausted, broken, desperate, devastated. We're dead to it all. We can count our bones, and they are dry bones, worthless, useless, hopeless, lifeless, dried out, dead bones. Beloved, this word from God echoes in that dry, deaf valley, echoes throughout our graveyards, our cemeteries, our battlefields, our ends of ropes, our brinks of death. This word from God thunders louder than those dry, rattling bones that God precisely in those places is where God meets his people, lifts them up, and breathes life back into them. Do you trust in a God who can do that for you today? A God who can raise you up, breathe the life of his breath into you. He is a God who offers to us a miracle of healing in those places in our lives. He is a God who invites you right now to his surgical table where he can heal you, fill you, nourish you, refresh you enliven you, give you hope as he loves you. Do your dry bones need his table, his supper? They do. They surely do. And you'll never forget it. Let us pray. God, we're coming to your table feeling however we're feeling fresh and new, old and dried out, everything in between. So soon in the new year, we need you to heal us, to forgive us, to feed us to give us hope, to adorn us with Christ's worth, to surround us with your love. We are dry bones and we need your table. We need to meet Jesus there. We need him to do something for us we'll never forget. Please, we beg you, for Jesus' sake, amen.